0: Radio OU. I'm roaming across your mind. Assalamualaikum. Thank you so much for tuning in to iRadio OU. I'm your junior DJ Hanim and of course the segment right now is the cross cultural management segment. Okay, now, before I proceed with today's installment of this segment, let me just congratulate again all our graduates of the ninth Convocation for Open University Malaysia. Of course, we've seen a lot of happy faces right here at Open University Malaysia, especially the happy faces of our graduates and their families. Okay, so again, congratulations from iRadio OUM to all of our graduates of The uh, ninth convocation of Open University Malaysia. May your success Fuels uh, the rest of us, okay, inspires the rest of us to achieve much, much more. Okay, now let's get back to our topic, our segment right now. Well, the segment right now is cross culture management, okay? And today I'll be sharing with you a continuation, uh, uh, an extension of last week's discussion, previous week's discussion on minimizing cultural differences. Now, we know all about culture already. We understand that culture is important okay culture is not something to be um to be neglected when it comes to uh, factoring in or uh, determining the approaches the management approaches of a corporation regardless of where you are operating in so it's very very important to know uh, the, the the culture of the the headquarters okay the the original parent company and the culture w- of where the company is setting up, the branches. So it's very important to find a middle ground, at least, so much so that, you know, the, the, the branch, uh, yeah, uh, that is, that is, um, established in a different place, in a different locality, in a different country. Other than the parent company can also flourish. Okay, and to do that, we need to understand culture and we need to minimize cultural differences. Because let's face it, okay, as much as we'd like to say that we can adapt and adopt, yeah, chances are there will still be cultural differences and of course to be a successful uh, manager you need to understand you need to manage these differences you need to minimize these differences so that's what we're going to explore today an extension last week I've shared with you several ways actually several methods that you should take into consideration when you want to minimise cultural differences. So today, I'll share with you more ways on how to minimise these cultural differences. So you need to stay tuned to iRadio OUM, because right now, I'm going to take a small break. Keep me company, right here on iRadio OUM. iRadio OUM roaming across your mind. Still tuned into to me, DJ Honey, And of course, the segment right now is cross-culture management. Today, we're going to take a look at minimising cultural Differences, okay, because we've acknowledged that culture exists. Culture permeates our daily lives, okay, and of course our culture, our upbringing, our value system, and all that, yeah, affects our uh, approach to work as well. So understanding this, yeah, realizing this, uh, of course, uh, management or employers need to be uh, need to take into consideration all the cultural differences, and of course, try to minimize the cultural differences, especially if you're talking about in today's globalized world. Okay, So it's a very, very important consideration when it comes to um, setting up perhaps your corporation or your your company overseas. Yeah? And of course, even if you're not uh, setting up your company overseas, in Malaysia, we see a multicultural workplace. So it's very, very important uh, for employers to actively promote Tolerance and acceptance of cultural and religious differences, and not only does tolerance maintain productivity and reduce turnover, it can also help uh, companies to perhaps avoid discrimination among its employees. Okay, now I remember. Uh, I, I don't know. Um, I've not yet done the research. Yeah, but I remember uh, getting this forwarded email from a friend who works in a multinational oil and gas company. This was during Ramadan and uh, it came from the PR department of the company. What happened... uh which are mostly non-Muslims. Okay, now the email is actually a refresher course on Ramadan. So it's basically the, the uh, company trying to educate the non-Muslim staff about the month of Ramadan. So this is one way for you to actually create cultural awareness. Sometimes we take for granted, especially the Muslims, they take for granted that everybody understands what is Ramadan, what is fasting, what is Saum and all that. But sometimes it takes a little bit more explaining to the non-Muslims. So that they'll understand what we're going through, what's the significance, so on and so forth. And of course, I will talk about cultural diversity here. It can take many forms. Sometimes it's our ethnicity, ethnicity. sometimes it's our language, our religion, uh, but a few prominent examples. And it's actually a paradox because you see, uh, employers are supposed to be blind to all these cultural differences. But it's important to remember that you, as employers, you also have to account for these differences in order to promote harmony in the workplace. So, that's, therein lies the irony or paradox there. Yeah? And the trick is to minimize the differences between employees while simultaneously respecting their diverse backgrounds and lifestyles. Okay? Now... Finally, uh, uh, the differences between people are not as significant as the things they have in common. Now, what do I mean by this? If you're interested to know what I mean by that statement, yeah, the differences between us are not as significant as the things that we have in common. Now, if you're interested to know about that, about that particular statement about cultural differences, you need to stay tuned to iRadio OUM because right now I'm going to take a small break. Don't go anywhere. Keep me company. kam kan mata mu di sini Walau berubah, di mata kita tetap indah selagi kamu i OUM roaming across your mind. Thank you so much for still tuning in to iRadio OUM. You're tuning in to me, DJ Hanim, in today's installment of cross-culture management. We're sharing, we're exploring about minimizing cultural differences. Now, before the break, I shared with you this very, very uh, interesting or uh, paradoxical statement. Yeah? I said uh, the differences between us or between people are not as significant as the things that we actually have in common. Now, this is why when it comes to cultural differences, open communication is very, very important. Because you see, uh, open communication, when we have a clear line of communication, it, it can help to diffuse any tension by creating an atmosphere of understanding. So cultural differences can prompt curiosity, which can open the channels for communication. So if you can find a common ground, you see, we can work together despite our differences, not in spite of our differences. And if employees, yeah, you see, if you provide them with a common goal, that of their company's goal, that uh, of their company's objectives, then what happens is that the employee will have less time or even less reason to dwell on the differences between them and uh, between themselves and their colleagues. And building a strong sense of mission and teamwork is, of course, one of the best ways to minimize cultural differences. Now, that being said, uh, accommodate, uh, accommodating these cultural differences can be a difficult balancing act, like I said earlier. For instance, if uh, the company perhaps, you know, recognising the, the religious holidays of certain uh, religion, uh, other religion or minority religion might probably, you know, uh, feel a little bit left out Or feel neglected Or even may provoke Resentment Among the members Of these minority Religious groups And sometimes Cultural traditions Are in direct conflict With business priorities For example uh, Male members Of the Sikh community Are required by their religion To carry ceremonial daggers yeah? So this tradition Can con- conflict with companies That perhaps You know Um Um uh, have policies against bringing weapons to workplace and so on and so forth so you see it's it's a delicate balancing act but still there are common grounds that you can work on like when i, I shared with you earlier have a common goal a very very in a uh, very very important Part of fostering this this solidarity, fostering this this togetherness between the employees. So always remember, have a common goal. Instill this common goal uh, among all employees, and of course, you know they will they will work towards this common goal. And perhaps you know they can. Uh, of course, the issues will still be there if it is big issues, especially if it regards culture. But you know, you'll have something else to focus on. You'll have something else to focus your energy on. So perhaps that will work positively for the company. Okay, so that's another way to minimize cultural differences. Now let me take a small break. I'll come back with more about minimizing cultural differences only here on our Radio OUM. We're roaming across your mind. Your Mind Still tuning me, to me, today Hanim In today's installment of Cross Culture Management Today, I'm sharing with you a continuation of our discussion On minimizing uh, cultural differences from previous weeks Now, of course, let's take a look at other ways to minimize uh, cultural differences Now, another way you can consider Another approach you can take to minimize cultural differences Is to use standardized Systems and Procedures Now, using these standardized and sophisticated procedures as well as systems is a normal thing among, you know, perhaps multinational US companies Now, uh, European managers, on the other hand, of these companies often complain that they spend most of their time gathering information for head offices than that they are judged solely on the results without concerns for local conditions And these uh, these regional managers Also complain that this leads To an obsession with numbers And to short-term thinking However, there are also Multinational uh, companies In the Europe which use Multi-domestic or pool centric business Approach for historical reasons And because of different National technical standards And market requirements Now, uh, Michael Potter argues that most European business is still very local and is therefore more sensitive to local needs and they are better at delegating decisions to local management. Now this results in European companies tending to do well in businesses that are not very global but depends on local market on the local responsiveness towards the product or towards the company so this actually allows branches or subsidiaries to enjoy greater autonomy and it creates the possibility of the subsidiary rejecting the instructions of the parent company now While this polycentric approach acknowledges cultural differences and allows local firms to do it their way, encourages pluralism, many firms are finding this approach costly and are discovering a greater need for regional integration and rationalisation. And this is particularly evident now within Europe especially, where the single market and currency allows for a greater flow of goods, capital and people from across 16 members country of course we're talking about the European Union or EU and of course the use, the currency used is euro now when you have a standardized system and procedures of course everything will be uniformed and therefore management will still uh, will will be a little bit more will go a little bit more smoothly however okay of course you need to remember that in different parts of the world they have different approaches to doing things of their culture, okay. So perhaps you know, you need to. Uh, I still believe in, in judging things case by case basis, it's there's no one size or one solution fits all. There's, there's, there's no such thing when it comes to managing uh, cultural differences in creating these standardized. Uh, Systems and procedures However This does not apply To all systems To all procedures Certainly There are certain procedures Or certain systems Within the overall organisation In the parent company And in the subsidiaries That can be standardised That should be standardised Okay So look at these Look at these common grounds Commonalities that you have Between uh, the headquarters And the uh, new regions Where you are opening So look for these common grounds And work From there, try to uh, come up with the standardized approach or standard systems and procedures so that everything will be uniform and at least part of the management, uh, uh, part of the managing the cultural differences, minimizing the cultural differences is taken care of. Okay, Now let me take a small break. I'll come back with more about minimizing cultural differences after the break. Keep me company right here on iRadio OUM. I really am roaming across your mind. You're still tuned into VDJ Hanif and you're still tuned into the cross-culture management segment. Still exploring how to minimize cultural differences. Let's take a look at another way or another approach you can use to minimize cultural differences, which is to create a regional headquarter. Now, of course, this, this can be done to balance the need for global integration while remaining sensitive to local conditions. Of course, this is the approach taken by many multinational companies that have ...created regional headquarters. And regional headquarters are basically there to help and improve the coordination... ...between the national organisations as well as to seek out potential synergies between them. And these regional headquarters also help to reconcile the local responsiveness... And Global Integration And the idea here is basically You are putting up a buffer Between the national units And the head office cultures The headquarters Now, of course uh, This can also be uh, done this, this can also help you centralise the management So to speak The regiocentric approach to management Where you can see uh, Perhaps, you know uh, You start off Or you you you, you open a regional headquarter In a more developed country first, within that region, and then you expand little bit and little bit. And if you and of course, if you take a look at uh, perhaps the Southeast Asia region, uh, we for the most part we share pretty much the same culture. Of course, there are. Uh, differences between different cultures within our region but still we share pretty much you know the same culture the same uh, way of life the same uh, approach to things and of course this can help the uh, company to adapt and adopt to the local culture before jumping in head first perhaps to a particular culture and then doing it again in another country and doing it again here, there, everywhere so this provides not only a buffer for that country for the subsidiary country but of course to the company itself to the uh, multinational corporation or multinational company itself because you see you'll have time to digest you'll have time to adopt and adapt and then you expand a little bit more open uh, small offices in different countries so on and so forth and of course this will help um, uh, centralize all the managements. Remember, before before this, I shared with you one approach, uh, which is to have uh, standardized systems and procedures. Perhaps you know the systems and procedures will not be standardized, will not follow the standardizations of the headquarters, yeah, of the head offices, but it will follow the standardization of the regional offices. So this will also, you know, uh, help in terms of management, in terms of efficiency, in terms of productivity. So, so you see, there are positive elements of having regional headquarters. Have having having regional uh, perhaps management. For a certain region, for a certain uh, locality, so another approach to consider having regional headquarters. Okay, let me take a small break. I'll come back with more after the break. Don't go anywhere. Keep me company right here on iRadio OUM. be informed be entertained it's the final minutes of today's installment of cross-culture management where I'm sharing with you about minimizing cultural differences I've shared with you a lot of approaches that you can consider that you can apply in your companies in your corporations in order to minimize cultural differences because let's face it cultural differences no matter how uh, we have adopted and adapted the culture will still be there Okay, it can cause friction, it can cause conflict, and of course, we want to minimize all of this, so we need to know the strategies that we can use to minimize cultural differences. That being said, all the strategies being shared aside, okay, let me share with you this food for thought. Now, some workers uh, may hail or may come from different cultures, and some uh, that that's one one issue. That's one thing that you need to pay attention to. But of course, some of the youngest members of your workforce may come from a different planet altogether. Again, another subculture, and this younger generation may present the greatest difference of all: the generational difference. Again, you know, a, a, a sort of culture, a subculture within a culture. Okay, and of course, you'll face these problems. In your organization, I'm sure older workers, the older generation, may often be puzzled and sometimes frustrated by what they, uh, perhaps, uh, well, by what they perceive as the younger employees' lack of work ethic, sometimes uh, their selfishness, and so on. Now, the thing is, it's it's not it's not sometimes it's not that. Sometimes it's just misconception. It is uh, not understanding each other and. However, this misunderstanding of each other, miscommunication of each other can create a great deal of conflict or friction in the workplace. And of course, you as the manager needs to diffuse this issue. You need to handle this issue. You need to minimize the generational differences. Again, cultural differences, albeit in a different way. Uh, perspective Okay, So what would you do How would you deal With generational differences Well whatever Your suggestions You can share them By our Facebook page Just search For iRadio OUM And click like okay, Become our fan Or you can send us Your feedback And comments By our feedback form On iradio.oum.edu.my And that looks like all the time I get to share with you in today's installment of Cross-Culture Management. I hope you've had an informative hour. I hope you've had an, a beneficial hour keeping me company right here on iRadio UUM. This is me, Hanim, signing off. Have a great day ahead. alaikum. Bye-bye.